when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. This is the word of the Lord. And let's commit our time to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and our loving Father, once again, we thank you for the privilege of being able to sit around your word. The word that warmed the hearts of those disciples who were walking to Emmaus. May that miracle happen to us again as we sit around your word. Open our eyes and our hearts and enable us to obey your voice as we hear it. Amen. So today we come back to Psalm 126. And by way of helping us discern God's will for us as we launch to year 2021, last Sunday I began a two-sermon series based on Psalm 126. You see, Psalm 126 is the best place for us to come to as we begin the year 2021. You see, because while we begin the year ahead of us, we come at the back of rather a strange and weird and difficult year. Therefore, we come in many ways with tired arms and legs. We come with tired minds and souls. So, Psalm 126 serves as a tonic to that kind of tiredness. Because it gives us a large vision of God. And it helps us to affirm our commitment to serve him. You see, Psalm 126 helps us to reflect on a God who delivers and restores, a God who put things right and who does great things. It helps us to reflect on a God who is able to replace tears with laughter, a God who promises that a hard sowing will be compensated with an abundance of reaping. So I said last Sunday, this is a God we want to do business with at the beginning of 2021. This is a God we cannot face this new year without him next to us, walking side by side with us, becoming our, our guide and, and the one who guards us. 
So last Sunday, we took away with us two lessons from this beautiful psalm, and both of which teaches us about what it means to belong to God, what it means to be God's people. So we walked away with those two lessons. So one, we learned that it means to be a people who live with a constant awareness of being redeemed. You see, because the, the background to Psalm 126 is that of exile and captivity in Babylon. For more than 70 years, God's people were strangers in the strange land. Their true identity and culture had been ripped off. They were left wondering if God really cares about them. And so here in Psalm 126, they have been delivered and brought back home. They have experienced restoration. And they have been reminded that God has not lost his power that God is still there and God is still at work. As a result of God's intervention to them and bringing them back in their home, we are told that they responded with an explosion of joy. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongue with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has great, done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. So the question that I posed last Sunday, which I want to pose again this morning, is that are we these people, are we those people who live in this constant awareness of God's rescue, in this constant awareness of God's deliverance and persevering power, preserving power. Are we like the psalmist able to say, the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. That was the first thing we walked away with from Psalm 126, that the people of God are those who are mocked by this explosion of joy. They are the people who live in constant awareness of being rescued, in constant awareness of being the ones who have received God's mercy and grace and who constantly need that mercy and grace. Are you that person? Are you the person was full of joy because the Lord has done great things for. Are you the person who's aware of how much you need God's mercy and grace on everyday basis? The second takeaway that we learned from last Sunday in Psalm 126 was that the people of God are marked with prayer. That was verses 4. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. And we said last Sunday, this is a prayer for the fresh flood of God's grace in a barren land. Negev was this island or this um, wilderness, sorry, that was barren. And from time to time, huge floods will come to it. 
Good floods of rain will come to it and it will be filled with water. This barren, thirsty land. And so when we pray that God will restore to us our fortunes, we're saying, will you reign again in our church, in our lives? Will you once again bring about this fresh flood of your grace? So that's how the psalm describes God's people. They are full of joy, explosion of joy, and they are people of prayer, not just prayers, but bold and big prayers. So today, briefly, we are going to look at the last two themes of this psalm. And they are there in verses 5 and 6. They are themes about sowing and reaping. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. Yes, God gives life, but he works in principle through us, his people. That's why the New Testament speaks of the church as the body or the body of Christ with members that participate and bring this body to maturity. So the work of the gospel in the church is about sturdy and often unglamorous sweating and perseverance. That's why the, the farmer metaphor is engaged in these, in these two verses. It's often sturdy, unglamorous, sleeved rolled kind of work. It's work where you are not fully in control. You are not fully in control of the soil conditions, of the weather, of the growth rates, of market prices, of disease and viruses. You are not in control of all those things. It is supremely a work of faith. All you do you plant and you wait. And we're not good at this. You see, because there is nothing else you can do. There is no other way. All you must do is to plant and you wait because there is nothing else you can do. So the psalmist is giving us this comprehensive picture of what it means to be the church, of what it means to be God's people. Firstly, we are called to remembering, to remember what the Lord has done, verses 1 and 3. We are called to pray, verses 4. And here in verses 5 to 6, we are called to work. A call to committed working. Yes, we need to pray and work. That's the picture of the early church, both praying and working. So we need to be like the members of the early church who prayed and worked and refused to quit. 
they constantly stepped up to the plate and, be, and were able to face whatever it costed them. So you and I need to expect God to work. But while we expect God to work, we need to be doing something to bring about the reality of that work of God. The farmer is a classic example of this, you and I being called to work. You see, because the farmer is the one who works hard and wait and wait in wonder if the harvest will ever come. That's yours and my job, to work and wait. So here is the question for you and I this morning. Are you a worker? Are you a sower? Are you investing for eternity through the life of the church? And if you belong to our church here at Everyday People, are you one of those people who are investing to eternity through the life of Everyday People Church? It's been said again and again that the most unhappy people you will likely to find in any church, they are described as the half-hearted Christians. They are casual Christians. They are lazy Christians, and often they are unhappy people. It's not those who are busy, those who get their sleeves rolled up. So to be a Christian is to be called to contribute, not to be a consumer in the church. Are you a Christian? And if you are, are you contributing to the life of the church or are you the consumer? Are you a casual Christian or are you an, an engaged Christian? And this will be seen whether you are happy or you are not. So as we now conclude and reflect on the lessons that we learned from Psalm 126, here are the takeaways. One, we need to repent of the complaining and negative spirit. We need to get hold of the balance between memory and hope. That's what Psalm 126 teaches us. We need to become a gospel astonished Christ followers. Those like C.S. Lewis once said, those who are surprised with hope and joy. We need to be those who have smile in our faces. You see, because the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. But secondly, Psalm 126 teaches us that we need to hear the call to prayer. We need to pray more and we need to pray boldly for things to happen in our church. We need to pray for a fresh flood of God's grace. When last did you see this fresh flood of God's grace? Shouldn't that be challenging you and compelling you to pray more? Thirdly, we need to stop being consumers, but become contributors. 
It was John Piper who wisely said, an unwasted life is the one that continuously puts Christ on display. Are you that Christian? Are you that Christian? The one who constantly put Christ on display. John Piper described that kind of life as an unwasted life. May we remember these principles. May we avail ourselves to serve the Lord at the beginning of the year 2021. May we be the tools in his hands the tools that seeks to be the channel of God's blessing in this barren and wasteland in which we find ourselves. May we not be those who contribute to the negativity in which we find ourselves, but rather may we be those who constantly calling people out of darkness, pointing them to the cross of Christ, reminding them of the Son of God who died the death of shame, and yet he never opened his mouth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this fresh reminder of Psalm 126. We confess with shame that we fail to hold in balance these principles of this beautiful psalm. May we get hold of your will for us in the year 2021. May we know your heart for East London, for this community in which you planted us and be able to spread hope and joy in this world of darkness. May you be glorified through us, O Lord our God. Amen.